Episode four of The Nevers, we're back after a crazy episode. We're going to be talking to Elizabeth Barrington, who is Lucy Best, and Rochelle Neal, who plays Bonfire Annie. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of The Touch Base, HBO's official podcast for the Nevers. We're so excited to dive into this week's episode. Of course, we have so many questions as we do every week. We're your hosts. I'm Barbara Dunkelman. I am Jessica Vasami. And today we're joined by our very good friend who you've seen before with us on episode one of The Touch Base. She's coming back for more, Kayla Milton. Hey guys, what is up? So much has happened since the last time I saw you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it up top. That was an action-packed uh, four episodes. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. To say the least. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that I love that this show does is I feel like there's a lot of shows where you could predict when something crazy is mm-hmm. about to happen, whether it's like the music cues or just like the way the story is going. The Nevers, they just like to... Yeah. Blast you in the yeah. face with like all of these yeah. sudden moments where you're just taken aback in such a crazy way. I yeah. love it so much. A hundred percent. And with this episode, I would love to just go scene by scene and talk about everything, but I don't know if we have the time to do it <laughs> uh, because every scene was super impactful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, let's get into it, right? Yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about some. Of where the do we moments. start? I know. <laughs> There's oh, so I think, much. <laughs> I think the biggest thing we could start with, we got to see uh, her ripple with mm-hmm. the vision of it, Amalia's mm-hmm. ripple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when Amalia and Masson have that conversation uh, that she kind of has a, a, a vision of, she gets yeah. to see like all of the animals on his wall and yeah. knows that she's talking to him. So she knows she goes alone to speak to him. You know, did you, I can't help but think like, did they both kind of know that the other one knew throughout that conversation? It was just such incredible building of tension and just kind of their eyes looking mm-hmm. at each other. I'm like, I have a feeling Amalia somewhat knew. But then this, the scene after, she was just like, he confessed, but not actually confessed. Like, he yeah. confessed without confessing, I think she yeah. said. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Which is... And then it's like, I don't know, it's, it's like, uh, that whole scene was super intense. Uh, I liked all of everyone's individual interrogation scenes mm-hmm. uh, yes. and how they went about. I think that was a really fun split up i think my favorite was when uh penance tried to she was like oh well can we switch and she's like you want to tell the assassin i was like okay that would have been really cute to watch that's what i'm saying (laughs) i even think the the way that they did the scene between amalia and masson of just how they kind of role played the situation where amalia was i guess mary in the situation and Mm -hmm. i thought that that was a really clever way to kind of talk about what they needed to talk about you know what i mean yeah, and implying that Mary is essentially a beacon mm-hmm. uh, in every sense of the word. You know, even her white dress yeah. is something mm-hmm. that's so like clearly stand out. Especially if the plan was to assassinate her, which would then yeah. cover that white dress in blood, yeah. and it would just mm-hmm. be quite a statement. Mm-hmm. He's scary. What a <laughs> he's he really is. He's just a terrifying character. Yeah. What did you guys think of when he when he did approach Amalia in that scene when? He was like, well, what if somebody that could see the future might have seen this actually happen and she just didn't answer back? For that qu- split moment, I'm like, did did she did she know? Did she not know? That would have been messed up. Yeah, she, well, she knew. and there's so much, again, there's so, and like, I know we know this and we talk about this in every episode, but like, there's just so much more 
to Amalia and every episode I feel like we find out more and more like the conversation between her and Penance on the staircase mm. Amalia again yeah. you know saying like I was just left here with yeah. with a mission no other information and then she also is like I I've been left here as a woman something about you know where you can get killed as a woman just for having a voice I'm like mm-hmm. where is she from yeah what is I don't know. I mean, we already There's... know that that's not her face, so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which, yeah. And that we, we also find out at the end of, end of the episode, she says that she was left there. Yeah. Yeah. And with like a mission that she didn't quite, she didn't ask for or didn't really understand. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's, I feel like we could do a whole separate podcast on just Amalia <laughs> at this point. No, Because fully. she is such an interesting character and there's so much to her that I want to figure out. <laughs> Speaking of interesting characters, we have a new character that we haven't seen before, Nimble Jack, in the alleyway. I loved Nimble Jack. Yeah, when Nimble Jack parkoured through the alleyway, <laughs> I was just like, okay, so th- that's the turn that I would want, because that seems very cool. Perfect <laughs> yes. way to say it. Yeah, parkour, parkour. They're very, like, a like a magical-type character, I feel. Oh, fully. It's just like, what are you doing in here? Where'd you come from? But apparently <laughs> yeah. they're working for... Uh, the Becker King, it seems like. I feel like you could never be too sure. Like, I want to say yes, they're definitely working for the Beggar King, mm-hmm. but who knows at this point? I will say that a character in London, Britain, the UK, this area, named Jack during this time, untrustworthy, only in it for themselves. <laughs> Something about, it's what Nimble, come on, that's a, that's Nimble Jack, nimble Jack like a nimble, is in it for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> that's endearing, Nimble. It could be so many things. There was definitely also, I don't know if I'm picking up on this too much, vibes. but there was a little bit of tension between the, the two of them. Absolutely vibes. I literally messaged Jessica yes. during the episode about it. <laughs> I was watching it at my desk and I just slacked her and I was just like, I don't know. I think they should kiss. Like, I don't know. Is that just yeah, me? Just, why not? <laughs> Kayla, yes. I know. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah. I feel like each episode is just me being like, I don't know. I feel like they were giving each other vibes for like different characters. Yeah. <laughs> And big moment, mm-hmm. Malady was finally captured. But that moment at the detective station, police station, you want to call it, with um, Mundy, that was oh crazy. Gosh. Yes. Dang. And, she, and she's, yeah. she's like, I'm worried about my reputation. Stop this talk. I'm like, Malady. Oh, <laughs> God, she's such a good actress. I know. She's such a great you character. Of, you, you she's she's going to be the it. scariest villain I think I've seen in such a long time. The oh, way I feel like she's just going to, like, eat someone's face off at any moment. And I love it. Yeah. And the fact that she went to the funeral, but she was in the coffin having a cuddle with Mary was insanely terrifying. Chills down the spine. And no one one knew. No one caught on to that. No one. She's sneaky. She always has been. (laughs) You know? When uh, when he jumps out the window to chase her and and she's like, that's lying, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was. Uh, oh, she's. I. I love. A, I love a good likable villain. She's so. She's so fun. You're right. That's a. Honestly, that's a really great way to say that. She's a likable villain because yeah. there. You have to admit. I think all of us can agree that there's a part of us that absolutely feels for her. Yeah. And mm-hmm. kind of wants in in a way like I want to see her be okay in the end. Yeah. There, in want, some way. Yeah. There was a point where she said, and I, I, I don't want to get too off track here, but she said at one point, I only kill angels. Yeah. Did you guys pick up on yes. that at all? Yes. Okay. And then and that's, I don't know what that means. And okay. I, it, it's, it's, <laughs> honestly, I thought. love it though. I love yeah. it though, because she keeps saying, is, 
some of this stuff, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm on board with you, though. Like, this is incredible. It's a weird thing for her to have said, though, because I remember in the first episode, she said that Mary was an angel. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And then it turned out that she wasn't an angel, but then she said she was like, my angel or something when she was talking about the cuddling thing and it was just like very all over the place like i couldn't yeah. place like but you know what we do know is that she did not do it <laughs> she did right. not kill mary because if Clearly. she had she would have claimed it fully <laughs> well that's why I, like I'm, I'm very interested to see this malady character and like where it mm. goes and what her motives really are because as you guys said she in a weird way is a very likable villain and yeah. i think it's because I think we feel like there's something else at play here. Like she's mm -hmm. not innately mm -hmm. evil. Like yeah. maybe there's mm -hmm. something else controlling her. Or yeah. She has like a different motive. So, and also her past. You know, there's yeah. we we know a little bit about her her past. Um, yeah. So I know also we we touched on Amalia talking mm -hmm. to Masson. Yeah. But what we also find out is that Lucy, to an extent, <sighs> oh my is God. in cahoots with Masson, and there's something at play there. <laughs> yeah. We found yes. that she had a conversation with, with him, and I, I don't know if she thinks he has a cure mm -hmm. for, for being touched, because I think Lucy, we've clearly seen that she's very unhappy with her turn. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. obviously brought a lot of pain to her and, you know, the death of her, her son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a very so, shocking moment. I did, yeah. I was not expecting that uh, in the slightest. So I was I yeah. very shocked when I found out it was her, but at the same time- and I think the same time why Amalia didn't, you know, necessarily put the bullet through her head was she felt for her like you went against us. But I completely understand the 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 desperate feeling of like, I don't want this anymore. It killed my son mm -hmm. and I just want to be better, you know, which yeah. is why she's like, just get out of here. I'm not going to kill you, but go. Yeah. Like it was heartbreaking. Yeah. It wasn't malicious. Like it wasn't like she was. In it for power, in it for like herself. It was literally just like, wow, this thing is bringing me so much pain and I want to get rid of it. And if that means betraying my friend, then maybe that'll help everyone in the long run. And this is like, oh, I get it. But like, also, come on, you're putting everybody at risk. You got to yeah. go. You got to get on that boat and you got to get out of England and we it's can never see you spot. again. Yeah. It's a tough place to be, to, to be so, you know, at war within yourself with kind of what you are you know you're touched versus the cause and orphanage that you're you know trying to help support and and make better and then you know with the loss of your child like I I put I was like I'm gonna put myself in her shoes what would I have done like I you'd probably just be yeah be desperate to find any yeah. anything you could yeah. do to to fix it and to just be done with it yeah, yeah. Uh, especially that line she was just like I haven't touched anyone in like three years and it's just like dude yeah yeah woof you know uh but then very heartbreaking but then i guess we've you know that kind of confirmed that you know it, it was Masson. so yeah right i think i, I think that's so what, i mean oh. i don't know i think it, it could I be one of two things in, in my opinion at least um it definitely could have been Masson involved but mm -hmm. i feel like it's still lavinia i do too I think she's involved here too i think she put the head out on mary yeah. because I'm assuming that she's like, well, if everyone hears these, hears that they can go here, then I can't, you know, trick them into being lobotomized and working in my mind thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mind yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, well, the, in my opinion, my favorite part of the episode, um, which just 
crushed me in good and and bad ways <laughs> is the the ending scene so you know like primrose oh. and harriet and myrtle all worked oh my on God. you know finding what the song meant and yeah. you see them translate it which was so incredibly yeah. beautiful and heartbreaking and and sad and then amalia ah. yeah that was a cool scene also harriet has one of i think my favorite lines of the series i wrote it down where she said how are we ever going to see justice if we're not part of justice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is like yeah. oh my god chef's kiss that is so powerful <laughs> a chills kiss. moment and we yeah. were talking mm-hmm. about right before this how the ending scene gave that's, I think that's the perfect way to describe it is like it gave us chills. It was a chills down your spine watching that entire end scene. Yeah. Um, she had such a visceral reaction, Amalia, to that. Um, <gasps> to figure out what that song was about. Yes. But I need the next episode. Like, now. I know. Yeah, it's, it's one of those where I'm, you know, I love and hate that we can't binge this show. Because I know. If, if we could binge it, I'd be through it within, obviously, immediately. Um, but I actually about six kind hours, of love. Yeah. yeah. I love living throughout the next week in the tension in the mystery <laughs> until we I know. get to see the next episode yeah, yeah and as a reminder to everyone watching or listening uh we are watching the show along with you guys so again we don't know anything else but besides what the episode shows us each week so we're with you <laughs> we're, with, we're with you on the frustration of wanting to know what happens next absolutely <laughs> yeah and also speaking of the last scene with you know um them kind of deciphering what Mary was saying was that there's actually a BTS video on HBO Max called Creating the Nevers Confrontation and Translation that actually dives into helping Myrtle translate Mary's song as well as digging into that confrontation between Masson and Amalia so better check it out you know I will (laughs) I'll pair it back Uh, but before we move on uh, we actually want to talk a little bit more about Lucy. She was such a huge part of this episode, as we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many crazy things happened with her that I don't think any of us ever expected. And I want to pose some questions to you guys, some food for thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that she really didn't know that Mary was going to be killed? I am kind of back and forth on it. Penance did say that she was the most broken up about that happening, but yeah. was that all an act? Two things. If it was Masson's doing then she's super broken up because like she probably told him that was going to happen and then he had her hit you know and then she feels bad because she's directly responsible for it or she's just generally torn up about it and it's not massive and it was lavinia so she was genuinely shocked that it happened but also maybe she still think it was massive that did it yeah she still feels guilty feels at fault yeah why she's so broken up yeah Yeah. yeah i feel like she definitely feels at fault for it whether she is or not yeah i don't think she knew about it i do think that she obviously feels guilty about working with masson like that whole conversation um in the main room with dr cousins and everybody that was in there you know whenever they brought up masson being one of the potential people that might have done it she kind of like switches gears and tries to deflect a little bit with him Mm -hmm. like oh well you know he's not paying people down at the port or whatever and I was like, when I watched it the second time, I was like, mm, I see what you're doing now. <laughs> trying to deflect, I see. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, another thing that, you know, I thought of throughout the episode is that Lucy was the first woman to join the group, which is, you know, something that they mentioned. And yeah. now she's not going to be there anymore. How do you think this absence and betrayal is going to impact the rest of the people at the orphanage and the rest of, you know, the girls and everything like that? Yeah, I think it will be a pretty big impact. I kind of see her as like the mother of the orphanage in mm-hmm. a way, mm-hmm. um, like the one that everybody comes to just to um, 
kind of as comfort and just that takes care of them. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to see how how that's going to work with everybody. I think they will be just as just as surprised as we were to find out that she was, you know, in on this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, then my last my last little food for thought and Kayla, maybe you could touch on this one. Yeah. Uh so we know that she went to mass and to look for a cure for being touched. Do you think that she planned on telling anyone else at the orphanage or was she just going to keep this little tidbit of information to herself? I mean, I feel like if he let's let's place ourselves in the world where he did have a cure. I feel like if he was able to cure her, he would she would tell the people at the orphanage. I but I also feel like maybe she feels like she she feels like she might be the only one who feels more cursed by their touch than anyone else because like I as far as we know, everyone's having a pretty baller time except maybe Primrose and uh yeah, except maybe Primrose, uh, <laughs> who, who, uh, I remember in the previous episode, like she didn't like being paraded around as like the take the picture with the large with yeah. the large ten year old. Yeah, very like circus animal. Yeah, kind very, of feel yeah. to it. Uh, so I feel like maybe she would have shared it with like maybe her and Myrtle, but like I don't think anyone else seems that perturbed by their turns. So yeah. just to say, as far as we know, so as far, far as we know so far, yeah. All right, well, we've talked a lot about Lucy this episode and, of course, the other badass women, especially Bonfire Annie this episode, who was just amazing. Well, surprise, surprise, we actually have an interview with both Elizabeth Barrington, who plays Lucy, and Rochelle Neal, who plays Bonfire Annie. So we're going to kick it over to that right now. All right, everyone, we are joined today by the amazing Elizabeth Barrington, who plays Lucy Best, and Rochelle Neal, who plays Bonfire Annie. Hello, ladies. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Well, it's so great to have you guys here. We've been loving the Nevers. We are just finishing up episode four, which was incredible. You guys both have such insane moments this episode that we really want to get into with you guys. So let's kick things off. Uh, you both play such nuanced characters, such complicated women who aren't necessarily all good, but also aren't necessarily all bad. I, I want to kind of get into uh, like what it's like playing these roles. And let's start with you, Elizabeth, if you don't mind. Well, yeah, it, it's so much fun. And uh, I suppose what, you know, you're given at the beginning of a gig like this of, with Joss's script at the beginning of The Nevers is that the writing is so superb, it's so brilliant that, um, you know, you've got your own nuanced roles, but every single character that you're coming into contact with, there's just so much detail and it's so rich that, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy to make the discoveries that you need to do as a, as an actor and a, and a character. I mean, I knew in the beginning that my character was holding on to, you know, a big sort of plot twist and a big sort of secret, really. Mm. Um, but the, everything other than that, you know, it's just uh, it just feels such. I don't know how, what Rochelle thinks, but it was it, being in the space and being at the orphanage. It was such a natural place to in inhabit you know it's um mm -hmm. sort of no acting required i think it's funny really with, with characters where they're like not really good but not really bad because i think that's always i mean from i think you might be the same lizzie that feels more real like in in real life none of us are ever just one thing you know we're very um complex True. so i i think us being not good but not necessarily bad i'm like perfect we're human and uh, mm. that that's, that's a great way to put it dream 
and it's like mm, I find that's why I, I think with definitely with bonfire it's like you know no one ever thinks that they're the baddie in their story like you're always the hero of your own story so you always have a reason even if you do something a bit shitty um so yeah I think of her like that and that was kind of a big pull when when you think of the character uh, yeah. another lovely thing about um you know working with scripts that are just so brilliant is that you know the the female roles are, like you said they're, they're so nuanced and uh in every sense from every character and that very often what you can find is maybe you know the leading role in a particular movie or tv script you know she, her character is really rich and it there's lots of detail but as you go kind of mm -hmm. further down the pecking order you, you know things just well, it can become a little bit more mundane or, or the script is just a lot more cerebral. You know, all of that detail isn't there, but I, that just wasn't the case with us. I, you know, there's just so much happening and for all of the, the tiny and smaller parts that kind of flow in and out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and again, it's just back to the writing. You know, it's just so mm -hmm. superb. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think with the Nevers, um no two characters are alike and mm -hmm. consider it so interesting to see how um we all could literally i would think every single character in the nevers could have their own spin-off because they're all just so different and they all have such different journeys and they all have su such different um, um sort of starting points even within the show um yeah, it's very rare. It's rare that you get shows where normally, you know, you have your number one and your number two where you're like, okay, and everyone else is just there to facilitate their journey. Whereas in the Nevers, even though a lot of our characters still have so much more to, to show, um, you still know where, where you are is, is rooted. Well, Elizabeth, you know, obviously this was a huge episode for you. How did you feel yeah. reading the script and learning about what Lucy has done? I felt a little bit dirty when I found out <laughs> she was the snake in the yeah. grass and that she was she wasn't all that she appeared. And I I remember very distinctly um before we'd started filming, we had a, a really lovely meeting in the, the sort of offices in the sort of studio space where we are at Titan Studios and and the whole, all of the girls were together for the first time. Um, there was lots of giggling, lots of chatting. It was really exciting. But I'd just been told that, oh, no. you know, and I, <laughs> yeah, and that was another moment where kind of no acting required. So um, it was the, everybody was told that somebody, one of us was a spy and I knew it was me. And at that point, the script, <laughs> you know, we weren't up to those parts in the script. So nobody was reading that material. So I was lying oh my to my. Oh, so you had a secret. <laughs> Like in the show, but also within wow. like the production of the show. Yeah. But I <laughs> that is incredible. Really... Yeah, and I felt sad as well because, um, yeah, I really, and I think that's quite what's interesting about Lucy's character. She's really conflicted between, um, you know, these, you know, she, she's finding us. She's in this orphanage. She's obviously there um with a sort of dual purpose but at the same time she's falling in love with them and she feels really wanted and cared for mm. and she knows that she has um a direction and that she's 
she's she's really useful to everyone you know so but at the same time she's being pulled um yeah so that was uh again fascinating just absolutely gorgeous detail you know well also in terms of you know big moments in the show we see bonfire annie essentially kind of switch sides uh and it's really i think really interesting to get to see her carve out a place for herself in this orphanage amongst the touched which before she was kind of yeah. fighting against it seemed like so rochelle i'm curious for you how did it feel to play a character and get to see her potentially changing sides yeah i i kind of it's funny like when you play someone i think every every actor has like a different way of going about it but i get quite like she, like for when you're filming like she is me i am her and I wasn't ready to join the orphanage. I kind of was a bit like, why am I, like, why am I here? So it's a bit of that like non-acting required. I was like, she's good. Like I'm having a whale of a time. I'm like torching the warehouse and like she's getting her loot, like covered in jewels. I've got my fur. I'm good. Like, yeah, isn't that great though? That testaments are just the most extraordinary writing and extraordinary writers. You know that you're. You know what I mean? You just believe the journey. So it's so yeah. visceral, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You've got to be persuaded to take the next step. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Like... It allows you to be incredibly in the moment, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it very much so. You, you like, um, it, yeah, it's funny because often I, as an actor, you sort of, you don't want to be that actor on set who's like, I don't think my character would do that. But um, <laughs> it was hilarious because I think I genuinely thought that and it was in the actual show. So it was like, <laughs> just like, yeah, like exactly. Like you're feeling exactly what you're supposed to be feeling in this moment. Like, and I was like, oh shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Elizabeth, you know, as, as Amalia said herself, like the brooch that Penance made was kind of the only oh, yeah. reason you know, Lucy was caught. And so what was the significance of the brooch? And and was it a symbol of affection for penance and the other touched? Um, yeah, it's such an interesting little part of uh, Lucy's story because um don't know if you know, but um, for a period of sort of 50 years in the late sort of um, 1800s, there was a female gang that terrorized the streets of London and they were called the Elephant Gang. And they, they were from that. the yeah. Elephant, which is kind of a mile and a half down the road from where I am now. And they were yeah. notorious as kind of uh, pickpockets and, you know, sort of street theft. And, um, and, and they were all female. They had this incredible reputation, but they would do stuff like go into um, you know, Selfridges department store, like en masse, like locusts and just sort of be robbing wow. stuff and That's sticking incredible. it down. Yeah. I didn't know just, this. You know, nobody, nobody'd seen anything like it. Yeah, you can you can Google it. There's loads of info there. Anyway, obviously Joss knows everything, knew all about that. Um, uh -huh. So th that's where she has come from. So um, in as much as there's honor amongst thieves, she's uh -huh. come from a world of kind of low life crime. She's had to mm -hmm. survive, she knows how to look after herself. And I think for the very first time, she's encountered somebody like Penance who, um, you know, is reaching out to her and is not judging her. Mm -hmm. um, and I think she's given this token of this handmade piece of jewelry, this brooch that she wears, 
and I don't think she's ever ha had anything special in. And it's it signifies huge acceptance for her. So I know. I think it was an episode. Like, was it episode one or two where you guys were talking to Augie at the party where you mentioned that? But yeah. you telling us the backstory is fantastic. Yeah, that was so no interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. It's good proper old Victorian, you know, page oh, yeah. turner. That one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for that insight. I'm going to have to Google that later as well. <laughs> um, so final question for both of you. Um, Lucy and Annie have turns that would have been proved to be very useful in fights, of course, uh, especially with everyone mentioning the coming war that's approaching. Which character from the show would you want to have as a backup in a fight and why? And Rochelle, let's, let's start with you. I say Dr. Horatio Cousins. Yes. Because I think fire for me, like I can kill, and it's not really much of a fight. Um, and and I would be nervous that if I had someone on the field with me, I'd accidentally burn them. Like, because how do you control it once it lands? You know, I don't know. Maybe True. I should think about yeah. that and practice with my fire. But um, yeah, <laughs> so I need yeah. just someone to patch me up in case I in case I got hurt. But in terms of actual the fight, like actually being in a fight, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> that's a, a perfect answer yes yes i would it's agree that is not only the perfect answer that is my answer she's stolen my answer she's read my notes yeah. <laughs> she read my notes <laughs> I, like, I know i was like what's she gonna say yeah, you do. You want, like whatever you whatever you get up to you want the guy who's gonna sort of patch you up afterwards Absolutely. Isn't it brilliant, yeah. though, because, um, you know, I mean, who needs an army with Amalia and, you know, bonfire with a fire and Lucy can sort of, you know, bring the walls crumbling down. And then you've got so Nimble scary. who can stop, stop the fire in case things get out of hand and you're literally burning down the house, you know? True. It's just like, yeah. Maybe Nimble. Mm, Maybe yeah. Nimble. That's true. That's we, true. We just met Nimble, too, and we're already yes. so... Intrigued by them and to see yes. that interaction with Annie and Nimble was we're we're ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, what's going oh, on? They're what's amazing. going on here? They're <laughs> amazing. That's fun. That's a fun journey. Yeah. Do you guys have any kind of last, you know, thoughts or remarks that you want to talk about regarding your characters, what's to come without giving too much away? Of course. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to, to say as a, a final note, and I don't know how you feel like members of the audience and what Rochelle mm -hmm. thinks, but, you know, still, you know, women in the industry and for our audience, you, you've got to keep pinching ourselves because there's still, you know, this is very new to have mm -hmm. so many women and, and not, it's not to exclude the guys because the guys mm -hmm. are there with the most wonderful roles and, and, mm -hmm. you know, and there's plenty of them. They're getting to do everything they always do and more, but to have so many uh, women from the, right at the top of the show to the, the, the sort of supporting roles further down that's just hasn't been happening you know so it, uh, our audience are really going to be able to feel very nourished I think by uh, you know sticking with the show and enjoying story I think it's great oh absolutely we we were talking about with with Lauren Ann that I feel like I could speaking for myself and probably for Barb too is just as a woman mm -hmm. like you're saying uh feeling so desperate for these type of characters and they're finally on screen and it's just 
it just feeds my soul is the best way to describe it. <laughs> yes, it, it really yeah. is so, it's very mm -hmm. fulfilling. I think that's so lovely. I think especially, you know, actors, sometimes you have that feeling of like, um, I don't know, like you're not saving lives and there are so many other things happening in the world. So I feel like it's so lovely when you're a part of something that is having a really positive contribution to society mm. and whether it's just holding up a mirror to be like maybe have a look at this and we're, we're reflecting back something or whether it's just representation like the mere fact yeah. that you're in the show will mean something to someone and i i think that's it's beautiful yeah thank you guys so much this was absolutely incredible you guys are both an absolute delight um we're still in shock about uh <laughs> lucy <laughs> lucy's situation um eager to see more of annie but we cannot wait to watch what comes next so thank you guys so much it's been a pleasure thank you yes absolutely oh, thank you thank you for having Thanks us for having it's been us. a lovely time with you well, that was an awesome interview with both Elizabeth Barrington and Rochelle Neal. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens with Bonfire Annie and if Lucy will ever return. I guess hopefully we'll find out on the coming episodes. And that next episode, episode five, the title is called Hanged. I'm so scared. Ladies. <laughs> oh, boy. What, what does that make you think of? I don't know, but if anything happens to any of my favorite characters, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. She'll riot. Likewise. All right. A hundred percent. Will not allow this. Yeah. I know. I'm gonna I will write directly to HBO Max a very strongly worded letter begging <laughs> them to bring back that character. <laughs> I I mean it's called hanged. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming someone is going to be hanged. Yeah. Or if not multiple people. Well, or it's metaphorical or not really yeah. literal in any way. But no, you're probably right, Barb. <laughs> or maybe it's a flashback. Oh, maybe. Ah, Could be Kayla. a flashback. Uh, something. Call. Maybe it's more uh, Amalia yeah. uh, lore, perhaps. Yeah. Or perhaps everyone's just wicked hungover from a big party that they had. <laughs> maybe they hung out, so it's yeah. like we hang. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... They all learned the surf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, lingering questions that we have from uh, from this past episode, you know, what is Amalia hiding? You know, who was behind the song's message? I know we all really want to know that one. Who is Nimble Jack and what are they up to? And will we see Lucy again, even though Amalia told her to get out of here? All right, Jessica and Kayla, thank you for joining me today on The Touch Base, HBO's official podcast for the Nevers. And everyone at home, thank you so much for listening or watching. Make sure you tune in next week at the regular time and subscribe to the HBO YouTube channel. Follow The Nevers on Instagram and Facebook and leave a comment about your favorite moment from the fourth episode. And of course, stream The Nevers and The Touch Base on HBO Max. We'll see you next time.